same old hoodoo follows me about the same old pounding in my heart whenever I think of you and darling I think of you day in and day out what's happening Rotobotters how's it going out there Pete Davidson back with another version of the Rotobon podcast it was a little Billy Holiday on the intro because, you know, it's like to keep you guys on your toes. Um, and, you know, sort of fit the mood. I do this day in, day out. And uh, <laughs> it is starting to back up on me. I did, uh, I was able to get a little bit of rest last week. I'm hopefully going to find a little bit of time to power down this week as well. Uh, I was up early this morning with some coffee. Been going through all the, uh, the doings in the NFL. This is an active waiver wire mostly because... Um, you know, of some of the significant injuries we saw last week. And now there is some irony here. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious um, that the person we should be going after is Chase Edmonds if he was to be available. And we don't really need to talk a lot about Chase Edmonds because we've already done it. Uh, You guys know I'm a big fan of his game. Um, And Drake was going to be an immovable object. He wasn't going to get pushed out very easily. It would really have to be drastic. Well, guess what? He's hurt. He's going to be out one, two, maybe even three weeks. Who knows? Maybe more. Um, we're not sure at this point, but he's definitely going to miss time. That's going to give Edmonds a shot at getting in there. And given the fact that he's got fresh legs, I mean, and given the fact that this team needs to win games, for all we know, this is this is that that incredibly high ceiling we talked about a couple weeks ago. Now we're going to get a crack at that high ceiling. So if you stashed him, this is going to be your shot. If you didn't have roster space and you did not stash him, well, you're the folks I'm talking to right now. Um, I don't play in a league where this guy's available. Not one. So no excitement for me in terms of bidding what I'm going to try to do. Uh, but I know that in a lot of smaller leagues, uh, 12-teamers with a short bench even, he can be available. Uh, so, you know, it's it's real easy. If Chase Edmonds is available, you should move heaven and earth. You should do anything you can possibly do. To get Chase Edmonds, because you could end up, you know, with a weekly starter on your hands at the toughest position, and not just a guy you can put in your lineup, but a plus running back. I mean, I remember when we had um, Lord Reeves, Rich Rebar on back in August, he said something that sort of stuck with me, and it's the kind of thing we sort of know, but I thought it was interesting. And he said the, the worst thing for a fantasy football team is average running back play. So just having running backs isn't enough. You you win when you have plus play at the running back position. And if Edmonds is getting the full load, because not only is it, Edmonds isn't just becoming the starter here, he's becoming the starter without a real backup, right? This is going to be like, what would Drake be like if he was fully healthy and Edmonds didn't exist and he was getting all the juice? So now, you know, we've, we always look for those thin distribution of touches. Well, this is now going to be a thin distribution of touches. I mean, will Eno Benjamin or somebody else get in there uh, and, and give some relief? Sure, of course. But we're going to be looking at a pretty large share um, of the gig for Edmonds um, over the next week to two to three to four, whatever this thing ends up being. It, there's re- it's really hard to tell what Drake's going to be at this point um, in terms of his return date. Um, and then the other obvious thing, because Edmonds has been outplaying Drake, probably not as probably not by as wide a margin as folks think. Um, and the reason I would say that, I mean, clearly when you watch these guys, and I haven't missed any of their games, um, Edmonds is the energy back. He always you always like it when he comes in because he brings a little energy. The thing is, 
and you know it's it's because of the it's because these guys play a little bit of a situational thing and sometimes they're in the game together and when they are you know Drake is the guy running the fake and Edmonds is the guy running the plus route um he the truth of the matter is on a per touch basis Edmonds type of opportunity has been the more valuable opportunity he's been getting good routes and he's been getting routes that are outside the tackles which is where Kyler Murray throws the ball more effectively a lot of Drake routes are crossers where he's crossing the line of, he's crossing you know across the field and and Drake is lost in the shuffle because Kyler's you know he's, he's a water bug he's tiny so it is going to be interesting from that perspective to see what happens with Edmonds when he has to start running Drake's routes and it, I mean, it, the part that would suck, and it would really suck, would be if they somehow took Eno Benjamin or somebody off the street, brought him in, and we got role reversal, um, and we don't get the pop from Edmonds that we think we're going to get, because part of Edmonds working is going to be him getting Drake's stuff and holding on to his old stuff. Hopefully that, hopefully that is the case. I certainly think that this week that will be the case. Um, but as we move ahead, who knows? Um, so it, it, we've been talking about this over the last couple weeks, but when I watch the film, it jumps out to me every single time I watch one of their games that the money touches, for the most part, with the exception of like goal line carries and stuff like that, you know, have been going to Edmonds, but the volume goes to Drake, which makes both of them sort of frustrating, right? Well, hopefully now we're going to see a merging of that. Um, and obviously, look, for, for those who have been uh, living with Drake, it's tough stuff. Um, I moved him off that big game. Um, my one redraft share I moved, uh, so I feel a little lucky about that. Um, but hey, you know, right now you just got to put him down, hang on to him, and uh, hope that he gets that primary gig back uh, and that he's a 15-touch player when you get him back and that he's playable. Um, so Edmonds, I think, is clearly, if he's out there, he's the guy you're going after this week, unless there's something really weird going on on your waiver wire. Um, but let's... Um, Let's go do our usual thing. Let's go position by position here. Uh, I will try to remember. I think I might have forgot last week, but when I put this up on the waiver wire article, which will go up later in the afternoon, um, I will try to put the position start time. So if you just want to hear what I'm saying about the receivers, you can sort of um, go to that time, sort of fast forward a little bit, save yourself some time. Uh, and I am going to continue to try to keep this waiver wire podcast as short as possible because I know a lot of you folks are coming in at night and just want a quick refresher. Uh, and that's what I really want this to be. So hopefully this stays under a half hour, uh, perhaps well under a half hour. We'll see, you know, how much trouble I have shutting up. Um, but, uh, let me see. Is there anything else? Uh, this is going to be a typical week. No, no curveballs coming. Um, so let's get into this. Let's get into the quarterbacks first. All right. Uh, at the top of my list is Joe Burrow. He's playing better, but he's probably taken in your league at this point. But he's, you know, in the 60s in terms of ownership percentage, so he's worth sort of throwing out there. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, obviously, um, played well in a tough matchup last week. Uh, he's, you know, distributing the ball. He's getting McCaffrey back, if not this week, uh, probably the next week. So um, things are certainly, certainly looking up for Teddy Bridgewater. Baker Mayfield, we've been talking about his schedule. Even with the loss of Beckham, he's got enough athleticism at receiver, enough depth at tight end, uh, and enough strength at running back, where as long as he's distributing the ball, uh, he should be having fairly strong games um, the rest of the way in these plus matchups. Uh, Derek Carr, who I may move above, um, Mayfield, I'm not sure, uh, but Carr, obviously, um, as long as his team doesn't go down to COVID, um, as I said, there's just a lot of talent on the Raiders, you know, people are underestimating, 
um, the amount of talent they have on the outside. I mean, uh, you know, you know, Aguilar has decided he's catching the football this year, which makes him a good football player. We've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks, particularly uh, on the DFS show. And really, unless they are going to, and this is the thing to watch, unless unless Brian Edwards, the rookie, is going to force Aguilar out of the lineup, which quite frankly makes absolutely no sense at all, then Aguilar is going to be a continuing asset, as sort of a weekly flex play in 12-team leagues um, because he's got, you know, the, the first of all, you've got, and we've talked about this. Gruden is maddening in a lot of ways, but the guy knows how to call a football game. Now, he's not trying to help our fantasy teams. He's a balanced kind of guy, but they are well-built. I mean, you know, Waller creates problems for defenses. Ruggs' long speed creates problems for defenses. Their inclination to run and their ability to run causes problems for defenses. They have, I mean, defenses have to make certain commitments. So a guy like Nelson Aguilar, who's pretty good at getting open, Pretty inconsistent catching the rock, but this year he's catching the thing. It looks like his confidence has returned. He looks more like the guy I scouted at USC uh, than the guy who was screwing up in Philadelphia for the last couple years. But let's remember, the thing about Aguilar, he dropped so many touchdowns in big spots, right? But there is one commonality to all those drops. It was in his hands in the end zone. He's good at getting to the point to make the drop. So if he doesn't drop it, he's a big play guy, and that's what we've seen this year. Um, So, you know... Uh, well, you know, Aguilar, I think, is a pickup. I'm, I'm skipping ahead here, but this is about Carr. When you've got outside weapons, like a functional Nelson Aguilar and a Henry Ruggs, who is a dynamo in terms of what he can do, and Ruggs does not need to take the top off the defense every play. He doesn't need to catch eight balls a week for what he does to be a big problem for defenses. Meanwhile, Aguilar's over there in single coverage getting open with a lot of space, a lot of room to move after the catch, and Gruden is good at route design. So he can clearly, it's not hard, in fact it's pretty easy, to set up route design where you are pulling the defense away from your guy with single coverage. As we said, the running game is, de- is going to demand attention. The tight end is going to demand attention. Ruggs is going to demand attention. A coordinator and a route designer who knows that is going to be able to get Aguilar into some very good situations because of that. Um, and again, depending on what a defense does, you can effectively target Ruggs as well. He's the real big play guy. He's a freak. But this offense is going to work if the protection's there, if that offensive line doesn't all get COVID this week. So that's something to watch. But the Raiders are better than people think. This is not some kind of fluke. Um, and, I mean, on some level it pains me to say it. <laughs> but, it, you know, we have to accept reality. I, Derek Carr doesn't excite me any more than he excites you. But he is not an awful quarterback. You know, he is a guy who can play in the NFL. And if you're going to give him open guys to throw to, he's going to be okay. Um, And Gruden has, I don't know whether they're using a cattle prod or some other type of device, but they are breaking through the mental sort of thing that was created over the last couple of years. And they're getting him back to the guy he was in college, a guy who's willing to take shots downfield. Uh, It's not perfect yet, but it's getting better. So, um, you know, Derek Carr is underrated, as we've been saying. Um, Kirk Cousins. Uh, depending on what the Vikings do at the trading deadline, if he's got all this talent, um, even if he's working in bad game scripts, he can be, you know, Blake Cousins or Kirk Bortles or whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> now, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm having a little good place chuckle there for anybody who watches the good place. Bortles! Anyway, um, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, 49ers, obviously uh, some concerns there that Debo's going to miss probably a week or more. Uh, but you know what? They bring in Kendrick Bourne, who, by the way, is a deep flex if you need one this week. Um, 
and obviously Ayuk when you know played really well last week. They've got Kittle. They've got a running game, so they're going to be just fine. Garoppolo's a you know a port in a storm if you need one. Uh, Tua is going to be the starter now for the Dolphins. Um, so a couple things there. First of all, we don't know what this is going to be. Hopefully it won't ruin the good things that they have going on offense down there. But it could make some of the secondary players better because we don't know who his favorite targets are going to be. I think Preston Williams, as we'll get to later, I think is a guy to hang on to right now or to go get. He's available in a lot of places. Um, we'll have to see what Tua is. Now, are they going to give him a game or two, see if he's ready, and if not, put Fitzpatrick back in? Are they going to move Fitzpatrick to remove the specter of having a guy there who could take your job? I don't know what the Dolphins are going to do yet. So there's a lot of you know, dominoes that can fall here. Um, but certainly he's a guy in, in deeper leagues and in 2QB who um, you go get or you hang on to or whatever. Uh, Drew Locke, I have not seen all of the Broncos game yet. I know it apparently was bad. But let's not forget that he was playing a good defense in bad weather, and his offensive line is struggling. Okay, this—I mean, this team has really had all of its plans, which were tenuous to begin with, because they were doing all these changes in a year where you didn't have practice. Right? This was a tough. I mean, the Broncos deserve some, you know, stuff for for mediocre team building over the last handful of years. Um, but I liked what they did with their coaching staff this offseason, but that kind of change on a COVID year when you're changing quarterbacks certainly opened them up. And then, then the injuries to the offensive line, the injuries to Sutton, some of this stuff you have to say, hey, it's a bit of a bad beat. Dewey's concussions in the backfield, you know, um, that stuff is not Drew Locke's fault. Um, anyway, the, th- the thing with Locke, is that the schedule is going to lighten up. There are going to be some plus matchups, and I think he's going to be functional in plus matchups. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I'm going to search. I, I did it, you know, unless I, unless you want to talk about Nick Foles, that's about it at the QB position in terms of guys who are reasonably startable and um, available. Uh, but I will scour if there's another quarterback or two I think is worth getting into. I'll add him to the final wire. Okay, so moving over to running back. Um, we have three injury situations, but more than three injuries to deal with here. Obviously, we know about the Drake. We talked about that. Go get Edmonds. Easy. Sell your soul. Do what you got to do. Um, in Seattle, we lost Carson early, which was sort of the final nail in some of my DFS coffins last week. Um, I came so close so many times last week. It's so brutal. I think I, I cashed in like three out of 15 tournaments. So brutal. Um... But Carson got dinged up. He has had an MRI on the foot. He's week to week. Carlos Hyde did a hamstring. He's week to week. He it sounds like he's going to miss this week. Homer has a knee condition. Travis Comer, uh, Homer, excuse me. Um, so not sure what his knee is going to be at this point. So that puts DJ Dallas, uh, a talented player who has passing game chops, uh, could be like the lone back in Seattle this week. Man, that could be a great pickup if you're just looking for a plug-and-play guy for one week. Now, maybe we find out Hyde is questionable. Maybe we find out Homer's a potential guy who could play. But I'm telling you what, if Carson's out and these two guys are dinged up, Dallas, is I think he's going to get some run no matter what. Uh, and, you know, this is a guy who can do some serious damage. Um, I, okay, sorry, looking at my schedule here. Yeah, <laughs> they got the 49ers this week. Um and look, you can run on the 49ers, not to mention Dallas is a uh, multi-dimensional back. So I think 
this is one of those things where, you know, check the final waiver wire. We may have better information on some of these injuries, uh, but I think at this point, uh, both Hyde uh, and DJ Dallas would be pickups this week, depending on what kind of league you're in. Um, and I mean, conceivably, Homer could be as well. But right now, I think the most valuable Seattle back for this upcoming week is DJ Dallas. Um, and I really like him as a pickup in any league where you're just like, man, I need a running back for this week. Um, what other injuries? Oh, in, in San Francisco, Jeff Wilson is now on the IR. So we've got Mostert and Wilson on the IR. Uh, clearly, there's something going on with McKinnon. They barely played him last week, so he's probably a little nicked up. Um, that means Jermichael Hasty is like in play to potentially be either half or perhaps even more, like 70-80% of the workload this week against Seattle. Also a team you can run on. So, you know, two two backs in that game may be big free agent pickups this week. Seattle versus the 49ers. We could be watching DJ Dallas um, against uh, Jermichael Hasty, um, And uh, that can be a lot of fun, um, you know, if you're not one of the people um, who are missing backs. And obviously the good news is if you're a Carson team, um, you know, Hyde might have been taken, maybe not by you. DJ Dallas could be out there. Now, I have to say, in a number of my sharp leagues, DJ Dallas has been taken all year, but uh, I know in the vast majority of leagues he's available. Um, so we're talking about, those are sort of the big names because they're popping because of injury. Um, one other injury that occurred back in week six uh, was the high ankle sprain to Mark Ingram. So we could have increased value for J.K. Dobbins. We could have increased value for Gus Edwards. Um, if they are the only two backs that are going to be um, in the mix, um, then both of them are reasonably good flex plays with a lot of upside. Um, so that's a place you could be looking for with help this week. Let's not forget uh, that um, Mixon is week to week. Um, now, he wasn't ruled out immediately when he had the injury, so my gut says he's probably back this week. But, I mean, that's, you know, like the probable side of a 50-50 call. So Giovanni Bernard, if you picked him up last week, do not cut him. Uh, and if he gets dropped, consider picking up uh, Gio Bernard. And he's available in a good deal of leagues anyway. Um, the same sort of goes for Jamal Williams. I think the fact that, you know, Aaron Jones wanted to play, um, it sounds like that thing wasn't a major injury. He's probably back this week. But by the same token, we saw how much Williams can do when he's not out. So Williams is a guy maybe to stash either way. Um, uh, Zach Moss on the Bills uh, pulling more into an even share last week uh, for a team that really, I mean, let's face it, they lost to the Jets. I mean, th yeah, technically they got out with a W. But if you're the Bills right now, that's a loss. You showed up to play the Jets and you had to sweat out a win. I mean, that's that's something to be ashamed of. So right now the Bills are searching for answers. When teams search for answers, they're willing to make changes. Uh, so don't be shocked. I mean, Moss has not looked great, um, but, you know, he's looked pretty good as a receiver. Would not shock me if the share continues. And, you know, if the Bills continue to struggle, you know, they might just start trying new things. So Zach Moss, in my opinion, needs to be owned in every single league. Um, Tevin Coleman, uh, you know, is a guy to watch. Um, and, you know, I think a guy to pick up. Uh, in a lot of leagues, perhaps not like small 10-team leagues, but uh, he's got a chance to return this week based on what they were saying last week. So he's getting close. Um, so, you know, de depending on how things go, Tevin Coleman could have a week or two where he's leading this backfield. There would be a lot of value in that. Now, granted, there's only so much value we can ever put on one of these backs because Shanahan is sort of a dick, and he will basically just not say that he's pulling a player. I mean, basically McKinnon was active, but not active last week. He didn't tell anybody. Um, 
Uh, I mean, does he, you know, is he just playing with Belichick? I don't know. I doubt that really had much of an effect. Um, and maybe he's not a dick. Maybe he's just a problem for us. But you cannot ever just write in ink what's going on with this backfield. You know, basically he's like, yeah, we weren't going to really play him. He needed rest. Um, you know, really would have been nice to know that that was going to happen. Um, really, it killed me. I didn't play Jeff Wilson in one league where I really wanted to play him because I didn't because he looked like the hurt guy of the group, uh, and he was running third on the on the thing. And he ends up being the guy scoring three touchdowns, cost me a win. What are you going to do? Um, but that just goes to the point. You know, you cannot trust Shanahan. He he jerks these guys around, and you know, by extension, jerks us around. Um, but still. You know, we know that a couple backs are going to get used every week. It's very possible that the only healthy backs uh, could be like Coleman and Hasty or Coleman and McKinnon. So uh, Coleman's a guy I think that it, you know, it, particularly in twelve-team leagues where you got the bench space, um, I would pick up Coleman. Um, let me see anybody else we want to hit in here. Uh, Naim Hines, I know, has been dumped by a lot of people. Uh, but I do think that the Colts need to make changes, and one thing is going to probably be throwing more to these running backs. So I think Himes is a guy who should be picked up in 12-team leagues. Um, you know, call him a stash, call him whatever you want to call him. Um, Malcolm Brown, he's not fun, but he's you know the, he's sort of the second back, and he gets some red zone action. So in a deep league, Malcolm Brown. Uh, the Texans are on the bye, but Duke Johnson was involved in the passing game last week. Should probably be owned. Um, we keep an eye on Devontae Freeman. If we find out that his injury is anything real, then Wayne Gallman could be a thing. He looked pretty good uh, in replace of Freeman towards the end last week. Um, Matt Breida with the... Um, you know, the benching of Jordan Howard. I think Matt Breida in the Dolphins, again, they're doing a shakeup. So who knows what is going to happen over the next uh, couple weeks. I think Breida in 12-team and above um, league sizes is a guy to own. Um, Eno Benjamin is a guy to pick up this week for the Cardinals, just in case he has a role. If he has a role, you never know. He could pop. He does have some juice. I'm not a big fan of his total game. And I think, you know, he's the kind of rookie I expected to struggle. But now he's going to get a shot, so you never know. Um, in deeper leagues, I think grabbing Eno Benjamin, just in case, um, makes a lot of sense. Lamichael P. Ryan on the Jets, um, you know, <laughs> he's such an interesting back because he's sort of a, a wide base, patient runner um, who at times you just want to scream, move, move. Um, but he's, he can be tough to bring down at, at times. He's a good receiver. Uh, scored a nice touchdown for the Jets last week. Um, this is a team where... I mean, at some point, you've got to prioritize the kids, right? LaMichael Pirine, in my opinion, it's a joke that this guy is available in any 12-team league. He should be on rosters in all 12-team leagues and maybe even some 10-team leagues. Uh, he could be 60-70% of the Jet backfield as soon as this upcoming week. You know, and granted, it is the Jets. Um, and really, he played 70% of the snaps last week. For those, you know, the, the stats don't indicate that. If you look at it, it looks like he's in a timeshare. Because, um, you know, the Jets don't know what they're doing. But um, Pirine played about 70% of the snaps last week. Um, you, you know, in most leagues where a lot of these other guys are already rostered, I'm telling you right now, go after LaMichael Pirine. Uh, having a guy, even a Jet running back, who's getting that much of the juice... Um, over the next couple weeks with buys and stuff, and you never know what's going to go on with COVID. We're going to lose players randomly. Uh, LaMichael Pirine is a guy who can help you, I think. Um, not a ton of upside, but he's got some floor to him. Um, all right, let's call that for the backs. Let's get over to the receivers because we've got time constraints. There will be more backs on the final waiver wire, um, but I think that's most of the, the ones that are important to get into. Uh, moving over to receivers. 
lots of guys here. Um, I, I, I'm amazed that Travis Fulgham is still so widely available. Folks, this guy's the Eagles' number one receiver right now. Until further notice, Travis Fulgham is a guy who has got solid you know, wide receiver three value for fantasy uh, and really in a good matchup, more like wide receiver two value. Now, things can change. Eventually, they're going to be getting guys back. Uh, Goddard will hurt his value a little bit. Ertz would come back at some point, could hurt his value a little bit. Uh, Rieger, who we're about to talk about, um, will hit, you know, will come back at some point. But really, a guy like Rieger would probably help Fulgham's value, pull some safeties off of him. Um, The bottom line with Fulgham is this. He has shown to be a very effective player after the catch. He's a little bit of a bully. He's been really good at the catch point. Wentz trusts him. This guy's going to keep getting targeted like six plus times a game, uh, and he needs to be on fantasy rosters. It's just crazy that he's not. Um, now, granted, I am probably sort of, you know, uh, barking at the moon here. My gut tells me that most of you guys, because he's been on the podcast the last couple weeks, and we've been clear that this guy, you know, I think the drama is over with Travis Fulgham. This guy can play. Um, if for some reason you haven't made a move on it, maybe there were better players available last week. Go get this guy. Uh, Fulgham's a player. Um, and in the same vein, I think Brandon Ayuk, who probably a better player than Travis Fulgham, um, if he's available, I think for this week at least, this is a guy you want because with Debo out, um, with teams crashing on the run game and on Kittle, uh, Brandon Ayuk, I think, is a potential stud. I mean, this guy's a good player, um, and he should be the main receiver for this week and you know potentially a couple more. I mean, Debo did a hamstring. Debo could be out... One week, he could be out four. We don't really know. Um, so I think Brandon Ayuk um, is right there with Fulgham. If if everything you're doing is about this week and next week, he could be even higher than Fulgham. Um, some other names, you know, who I think, you know, Christian Kirk, Sterling Shepard, Curtis Samuel, Corey Davis, um, Cole Beasley, uh, Tim Patrick. Um, you know, these are all guys who I think are good pickups. Um <laughs> but we've 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 excuse me we've spoken about these players quite a bit. You guys know what I think of them. Um, some guys who are a little bit more you know popping up: um, Rashard Higgins and Donovan Peoples Jones. I think in all leagues need to be owned. Um, one of them may be a cut as we move forward if one of them takes full control. But you know you've got two types of players here. You've got Rashard Higgins, who's an excellent technical receiver, catches it, runs very nice routes, doesn't have a lot of explosivity, which is why he's always sort of, you know, been the third, fourth guy there. But with with Landry banged up, this team can run the football. You know, Rashard Higgins is going to be getting some good looks over the next couple weeks. He can be in there as a wide receiver three. Um assuming he can hold off Peoples-Jones and keep Peoples-Jones in that third receiver role. Um, But with Landry banged up, with the tight ends a little banged up, um, Peoples-Jones, who, you know, made a huge play, if you weren't watching the game, um, I think he's... Clearly, he may not be playable, but his upside means I think you got to stash him here because, you know, unless you guys live in a cave, Odell Beckham, ACL, out for the year. You know, pour one out for Odell. That sucks, but... Uh, Peoples-Jones is a guy, I think, who you stash just in case. Um, And then Rieger. Rieger could be back like as early as, what, next week? So I think Jalen Rieger, when he's back, uh, the Eagles are playing for a division title in the playoff spot. Jalen Rieger could end up being a monster. So stash Jalen Rieger. Uh, We got some really good stashes this week. Hopefully at least one of these guys is someone you can go get. Uh, Kendrick Bourne, because of that Debo injury, is a guy you can go pick up. Um, Marcus Johnson. Um and uh, Michael Pittman, one of these two guys is going to have to have value 
um, going forward, I think. Pittman could be back as early as this week with that odd um, calf injury that he's got. So, um, you know, those guys I think are worth paying attention to. I think Chenault and Keelan Cole for the Jaguars. Um, I mean, I, you know, Westbrook wasn't much of a threat, but Westbrook is done for the year. So these guys are pretty much locked in now. They're not going to help you this week because of the bye. But uh, certainly, I think there are guys you could consider picking up. Um, Marquez Calloway, Traquan Smith, they could have one more week of value. Um, if Michael Thomas isn't going to be in there, I think we can confidently say that Manny Sanders with the COVID is not going to be in there. So they would be the two lead guys uh, this week. They have value. Corey Davis, already mentioned, has value. Um, Nelson Aguilar, we talked about earlier. I think he's a weekly flex play until such time, maybe even better, but until such time that they decide that they want to bring Edwards, the rookie, and put him back in. And, and sort of put Aguilar down into that fourth receiver role, I don't think they want to do that. I think for them, if they're smart, like, hey, let's let the rookie learn and let's add, let Aguilar keep making plays for us, I think that's what's going to happen. Um, Miko Hardman, you know, he popped last week, but he is what he is. I mean, you know, we don't know whether it's going to be him or DeMarcus. You know, those guys are deep flexes with a lot of upside every week. Um, one other jet that we have to talk about is Denzel Mims. Um, he looked... He looked okay. I mean, he looked like Denzel Mims. You know, I mean, um, he needs some space to get going. Um, but, you know, that he was catching the ball. He was getting open. Uh, the Jets are in trouble. Darnold's back at quarterback. So Denzel Mims, I think, is a really good pickup, um, really in any sized league. I mean, in, in smaller leagues, it's going to be like, well, let's pick him up and see what happens. In deeper leagues, he, he's a pickup and hold. You can probably play him if you need to. Um, but what he really is is a stash because even though I'm not a huge fan of, Den of Denzel Mims, I'm a fan of the ceiling. I mean, this guy's got some serious ceiling. Um, so by all means, I think Denzel Mims for the Jets is a pickup. Um, if Marvin Jones is out there, he's a pickup. Um, Scotty Miller had a big week. A lot of people will be saying add him. But, I mean, if Antonio Brown can't kill your value, nobody can. So I think Scotty Miller is a guy to sell. Um, you know, just keep on the bench in deeper leagues. Uh, um, Randall Cobb has been flashing, had a big week in deeper leagues. Um, Russell Gage is looking healthy again. Darnell Mooney is still getting juice. Greg Ward could be a start in deeper leagues this week. Um, I think K.J. Hamler in really deep leagues is a guy to stash just in case they start featuring him because he does have some special abilities. A little bit, he's got some route stuff to learn, and, you know, he's a little bit a little dicey hanging onto the football, but boy, is he explosive. So depending on how Denver goes, they may get into full tryout mode at some point, and K.J. Hamler playing like 80-90% of the snaps would be very interesting for fantasy. Um, same thing with John Ross. If I'm in a deep league, a deep 12-teamer with a big bench or a 14-team league, you know, up until the trade deadline, I'm going to keep Ross um, there as a stash option. If he goes to the Patriots or some team where there's an obvious gig open for a deep threat, he could be worth something. Uh, most likely end up tossing him, but uh, he could be worth something. Um, I will be scouring for more receivers, some guys I may have missed. Obviously, in a couple of hours, you don't find everything. Um, so I haven't done the real scouring yet. I will do that uh, once I get this up. Um, moving over to tight ends, I think Goddard clearly is the guy you want if you can get him. Um, good chance he's back this week or next. Uh, Trey Burton right behind him, assuming he hangs on to that role. Um, and then, you know, uh, I'm not sure how I'm going to order the rest of these guys, um, but Logan Thomas, we talked about it, that the, the, the route tree he was running in week six was appealing, um, and we saw another touchdown last week. I haven't watched all of his routes from last week, um, but 
I'm interested. This is this is cool because now they're starting to use Logan Thomas in the way that could work. Um, and now all of a sudden we have a guy we've always been rooting for who's doing some things. So this could be a lot of fun uh, for Logan Thomas. Um, Irv Smith um, is a guy um, coming back off the bye. He was getting improved usage. I think he's um, definitely a guy not to leave in the waiver wire in 12-team leagues uh, and above. Um, Tyler Higby's situation this week is something to watch. If he's out, Gerald Everett's to start. Uh, Dalton Schultz, clearly not worth what he was when Dak was running the show. But depending on how things go in Dallas, if they can get that thing working at all, um, Schultz is a guy you can use in deeper leagues. Um, and just just sort of food for thought here. In deeper leagues, I think grabbing Kyle Rudolph off the wire, hanging on to him through the trade deadline, just in case he lands with the Patriots or, you know, some team that would be a really positive situation, you know. Um, I think, you know, he'd be worth um, going after. Um and then, you know, the last four guys are really all dependent upon injuries to other players. Richard Rodgers, assuming Goddard doesn't come back this week, could be a nice start, obviously. Um, you know, Carson Wentz hits the tight ends, and if he's the only tight end that's going to be on the field, he's he's going to be viable for fantasy. Uh, Njoku and Harrison Bryant for the Browns. Um, either one could have value if Hooper's going to be out longer, so let's keep our eye on Hooper. Um, and then Albert... Oki Wugabam for, for the Broncos. Um, this guy's got crazy speed. Very exciting young tight end. Should be owned in all tight end premium leagues. Uh, but if for any reason Fant is going to miss more time, I don't think he will. But it's just something to watch. This would be a guy maybe if you have Fant in a deep league and you're depending on Fant, um, you know, go roster this guy behind him. Because if Fant is out, this guy's a legit play. Um, and that's about it. I may look for another tight end or two to add to the final wire. Um, but I went over time here. My bad. As it turns out, there was a fair amount to talk about. Um, but I will be working on the waiver wire over the next couple hours. I hope to have it up between, say, 2 and 3 o'clock. Um, and, you know, hopefully that works out for you guys. Uh, I'll be back on probably Wednesday or early Thursday with the beginning of this week's lineup rankings. DFS podcast coming later in the week. Um, Hope you guys are uh, doing well out there. Good luck with your bidding tonight. If anybody has any questions, I will be on Twitter. I'll be happy to answer them. So uh, onward, upward, giddy up.